Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 127 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Dead Don't Care by Democles out of Oslo, Norway, who are the best independent band out of Norway at this time. I don't know who their competition is, but I know that each time I hear a new song from this band, I like them even more. I think that's the third time I've played them, and I'm going to say that's the best song that I've heard so far. That chorus is great, super catchy. Glad to have it on here. Glad I feel like this is a good episode to put it on too because I don't know what to classify their music as. Uh, and I think I mentioned this before. Is it's a little little post punk? What does post mean? Um, it's a little post hardcore, right? It's um, it's it's got some. It's got that that eighties uh, and and I, I don't know. I don't fucking know what it is. It's it's it sounds good. All right, um, and I really like it. And uh, I'm gonna keep watching this band. And I need to find out about. Uh, more Norwegian bands, I think. I know about all the black metal ones. We all do. We're tired of them. Give me more of this, all right? But um, so, th- like I said, there's there's a lot going on in this episode. A lot of different things going on in this episode. Um, on this episode, I got two interviews. Uh, one medium length and one super short. And I'll explain that here uh, shortly. But uh, we got the picture books and uh, Grave Digger on this episode. So um, because there's a lot on it, let's just get to it. So here we are, last week of June, last full week of June, which is always a bummer to me. That always reminds me that that summer's almost over. You know, I, I I realize that it's it's not, but it, to me, it feels like that's the that's the 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 first third of summer is gone, um, because in my mind, it's like school where summer is June, July, August, um, where really when you when you work full time, like most of us do, teachers excluded, um, there is no summer. It's just warmer out, which is nice, right? But at the same time, we're inside most of the day, slaving away. So, <laughs> you know, who gives a shit, I guess. But um, but whatever. Th- th- there's a lot going on this summer. And I don't need to explain that to any of you. I'm sure you know. But personally, there's a lot going on here. I don't want to get into it uh, with you because it's none of your damn business. But uh, it's all good things. It's just a lot of stuff. Um yeah, so it's a busy week. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, visiting the great state of West Virginia here shortly, which is good. We're going to the woods, um, which I think is how what you do when you go to West Virginia. Going to the woods, gonna get in some rivers, maybe just one, probably one river. Uh, gonna attempt to canoe, which should be good. Um, we're worried about my daughter being terrified, but I haven't taken into account that I I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do once I'm out on that river. I think I'll be all right, but who knows? Anything can happen. Um, but anyway, so so I, I mentioned earlier that this is a this is a two interview episode, and you probably already know that because you can read and see uh, the the graphic. But uh, yeah, I got I got the guys from the picture picture books and um, Chris uh, from Gravedigger, two very different bands, both from Germany. So I thought, well, these interviews will both fit on one episode, and they're both from the same country, and that's it. That's all the connection, um, other than the fact that they were talking to me. Um, 
this first interview is with the picture books. If you're not familiar with the picture books, um, they're very bluesy, uh, kind of a minimalist band, which might sound a little weird, but I think when you hear them, if you haven't already heard them, when you hear them, you'll understand what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of soul, a lot of energy, though, and uh, very different from what normally gets played and talked about here on the podcast. But you know what? I like going uh, a little outside the box from my normal shit. I've done you know those episodes with like one of, one of my favorite ones is Brother Hawk. It's a band who I love, who I've had on the podcast. Um, very bluesy there also, but in a different way. Um, anyway, this so this first interview is going to be with the guys from uh, the picture the picture books who were in Germany at the time of the interview and. The, these, I got to say, these two interviews, they're from, I think, May. I'm going to say they're from May, which, all right, they're from like a month ago. But the only way that you're going to know that is because the topic that we're mostly talking about is coronavirus, which, believe it or not, is still a thing. We're still dealing with that. Um, and I, I maybe I would only know that because I'm working from home still. But, uh, you know, I think we all seem to have decided that that's over with. But uh, you still can't really do shit, so... I guess it's still here. Anyway, I want to play you this interview now that I did with Finn and Philip of the Picture Books. Um, but first, here's Hands of Time. But 
Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. Enjoying some nice springtime here in Germany. The weather was pretty good outside. What is, all right, so I was going to ask you where you're at right now. I assume probably Germany. But uh, yeah. so so what is your weather right now? I'm, I'm, off, uh, I'm all off on, on this shit. I don't know. I don't know how it works in the rest of the world. <laughs> where, where, where are you now? I'm in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hell yeah. So the weather here is we got full on four seasons, like real hot and humid summers, uh, really pretty golden falls and um, pretty cold winters and nice. Like right now, it's very nice spring. Uh, um, and um, I don't know. What, what's that in Fahrenheit? It's like 20 degrees Celsius. So what's that? Like what's in that? the 70s. Yeah, it's close. Close. I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to, I don't know, maybe not, maybe you're familiar with the band, maybe you're not, uh, uh, Horizon, Axel from Horizon, uh, out of, yeah, out of Sweden. Yeah, I was talking to him the other week and he's tell, you know, telling me that the weather's nice over there as well. And then he drops that it's like 15 degrees. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, man, that is not nice. That is freezing. That is well below freezing. <laughs> Yeah, Sweden is a little more up north, and they're yeah they're used to a lot more cold than we well, are. I don't know. <laughs> well, really, it, it was just because they're, he's using Celsius and I'm using Fahrenheit. And oh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, still 15. It's, it's it's warmer than 15 here, so it's it's always a little warmer than it is in Sweden. Nice, nice. Well, it's we're we're in that weird uh this weird spring transition thing too here, where it kind of seems like we're going to skip spring, go straight to summer, but whatever, you know. It feels like that here now too. It's like it's like a little too hot. Then it's it's you it, it, it shouldn't be hot. It should be warm, but not hot. Right. But it's it's becoming real hot here now. <laughs> well, I guess it could be worse, right? Um, oh, like, dude, are you yeah. kidding me? We love it. <laughs> so, uh, what part of Germany are you guys in? Uh, it's a small town. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's it's in the middle of Germany. I don't know how fam- familiar you are with Germany, but. Um, we're like two hours away from Cologne and um, like four hours, so not even like three and a half hours away from Berlin, which is like east. And um, we got Hamburg, which is like the coast up north, and that's another two hours. So it's pretty much at the belly button of Germany, right in the middle. Gotcha. Well, I'm 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 not at all familiar with Germany, um, but I always ask when I'm talking to somebody from from Germany because my wife went to boarding school in Kandern, Germany, but she always tells me nobody knows where that is. I have never heard of that place. <laughs> yes, and that's the same response I got every time. So in the, it, sounds, the, it sounds like a south. It sounds like the yeah, south. Yeah, Black Forest. Like, yeah, yeah, beautiful out there. Yeah. yeah, anyway, that's that's my, uh, that's my all my references for Germany. Uh, other than that, I'm out. <laughs> all right, fair so, enough. So, uh, I mean, you guys, I, I assume, well, it's kind of funny, ironic, but you got some time on your hands right now, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess everyone does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, especially bands. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, so is this kind of you? You? I guess you were. You're supposed to be on tour right now, right? With Volbeat, or is that exactly? Yeah, we'd be probably we'd be in your area right now. Yeah, you're going to be in Hershey. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we would, and um, all of that when all of that happened and it all kind of collapsed was while we were on tour. I mean, we kind of saw it coming. We were on on a two months long U.S. tour, playing a bit of our own shows and uh, supporting British Lion, which is uh, Steve Harris's band. Oh yeah, I'm gonna and ask you was- about that one. <laughs> you just played in Lexington. Like, yeah, uh, one of the shows was in Lexington. Actually. Yeah, we played Lexington too. Yeah, exactly. And um, so um, that was a lot of fun, and we've kind of 
you know, after the show, you turn on the TV and, and watch a bit of Jimmy Fallon and <laughs> maybe watch a little bit of the news. And uh, so there was always the talk about coronavirus, but we didn't really pay much too much attention to it. Uh, we just, I mean, it takes a lot. It takes a whole freaking pandemic to make to make us stop touring. Right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, and and so, I mean, we're playing two hundred shows a year, so we don't really try to pay too much attention to that because you know this kind of stuff happens all the time. There's always something going on, and people go like, uh, "Oh, you were gonna have to cancel your tour," and we usually just kind of go, "Oh yeah, whatever." But this time it really happened, and it's so crazy. We were in um, Scotland when it really hit us we haven't watched the news in a while and just kind of when our family called us we kind of talked about it but not really and we were in the hotel after the show and we just kind of went there to the hotel bar and had a beer and um at some point everyone kind of went silent and everyone looked to the tv screen and it was like resident evil or something it was like what the hell is going on and um so that was the first time that we really actually got to realize what the hell is going on out there it was the moment when they shot down italy yeah and uh so the next day we played the last show in the uk um that was in in nottingham and i think they were shutting down another border at that time and so after the show i kind of looked at everyone and went like guys we're on a freaking island the first (laughs) thing that they're going to shut down is this motherfucker so let's get the hell out of (laughs) here And because um, we had two days off and we wanted to spend them in London because we had some meetings with um, a bunch of our, you know, like company, record company and stuff. And so I'm like, let's cancel all of this and go home, spend those two days at home and see what the hell is going on. And we did that. We've driven through the whole night and, and went on the ferry and all that and arrived the next day. at I don't know, at like two or something. And and, and 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 kind of watched the news for two days and kind of waited it out. And then we got the call. Everything's postponed and uh, we're shutting down all the borders. I think the craziest moment was like uh, when you come from the UK and you drive to Germany, you're going through four or three countries. Oh, you're going three, like yeah. England and then you're going over the, the, the ocean, over the channel. You're going to France, Belgium. Holland, Germany. <laughs> That's like half of Texas, but here right. it's like five countries. <laughs> so we we arrive in Germany, and every border that we cross, like a minute later, or f- or maybe five minutes later, we go. We hear on the radio sh- they shut down that border. So we're going over France, going to Belgium. We get the news that border is closed. We're going over <laughs> Holland. They, they, it was crazy. Like we're like, just dude, it. Yeah. we gotta get the hell out of here. Well, that I we 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 myself, my my uh, my family, we we were taking it a little serious because we have uh, my my wife's parents and her brother are in Milan and have been in Milan since since that's where she grew up. So that's where her family's at. You know, they spend half the time right. here, half the time half the time there. And they were supposed mm-hmm. to come back uh, beginning of April, but they obviously can't. Uh, right. So we took it a little more seriously just in our house, but uh, I think it was you know. Not not too much, and then then you know what really hit for us here for me personally. All right, I'm a basketball fan, so I'm watching a basketball a basketball game, and then as soon as the basketball game is over, there's they, it comes out that, that a player has it, and they're shutting the whole league down. And it's like, well, shit, this thing, this million multi you know, billion dollar enterprise is shutting down. Yeah. Then sure enough, everything else is is soon to follow, and you know, right after that, it, they started taking it seriously here. 
But I, I yeah. like for who who makes that call for you guys? Was it were you guys able to personally just say, all right, we're going to sit it out until we figure out what's going on? But I guess you don't really have the option, do you? No, no, we didn't have an option at this point. I think we, like I said, it it has to. We we don't we we would never cancel anything out of nothing, you know. Right, like right. we would have these people paid freaking money to see us and and we better show up and and we i mean we were thinking about what can we do to kind of you know prevent something and like because we always hang out by the merch after the show after every show and we yeah. did all that on this tour as well and and never not done that and um so we were thinking about what can we do like get hand sanitizer that was sold out <laughs> at that point anyway yeah. so uh, um let's use some toilet paper <laughs> that was sold out too <laughs> just kidding but um yeah no we had no choice it was it was state law it was no 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 way out of it it was everything shut down all the venues are shut down it was it was a really fast thing that they've done here and um I mean, for better, you know, Germany seems to really have it under control. And um, we're in a lucky position that our country is helping out bands financially and everything. So um, we're really good here. You know, we're lucky. We can go outside. We can ride motorcycles and and, 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 and we don't have to stay inside all day and, and wait this out. We can actually, you know, breathe some fresh air and, and you know, just kind of do the social distancing part. But um, everyone seems to kind of follow that rule and follow that rule and yeah i think it seems to be pretty under control the yeah. hospitals are still okay and so we're in a very lucky position here yeah and i i've i've noticed the same with uh with germany specifically with germany we we look at the numbers here pretty often uh, like i said yeah. with my with my wife's family being over in italy yeah. and uh yeah we, we've noticed entirely in her, with her ties to germany that germany has had had a better handle on this than most places uh, which is interesting, but for you, for you guys, like personally, for you two in the band, um, yeah, it seems like if there's a if there's a band that's going to be able to handle uh, just hanging out, you guys are pretty well equipped for this. Um, oh, yeah. hell yeah, yeah, no, we're <laughs> so lucky. We got a family that is having our back here. We're having lunch together with everyone every day here, and just record this new album, uh, ride and build motorcycles uh, 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 in between and. To be honest, it's a blessing. All this stuff for us, for some reason, feels really good right now. Like it, it took a pandemic for us to do a little bit of vacation. Yeah, <laughs> it needed <yeah>. to happen. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of weird how we are that way. But um, we, yeah, we just try to make the best out of the situation and wait this out and kind of wing it. Well, you, you mentioned uh, about recording. Do you, are you guys working or have worked on a new album that follows up hands of time? Yeah, we are. We're, we're working real hard on that right now and we always work on new stuff when we're not toying and we were home so we already had a bunch of songs already lined up uh before the pandemic and um so it was kind of funny we came straight out of the tour bus into the studio and we're like so let's start and then my dad goes like you know that we already recorded some stuff right i'm like what turn it up <laughs> and it was like seven or eight songs already and we're like all right they're pretty good but you know, we we don't try to do the whole calculating thing and 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 and, and stuff. We just kind of go with the flow and see how many songs can we come up with, and then later kind of decide on what's going to be the album and whatnot. Right, right. I hear you. And what, so so is it safe to say this might 
might have uh, expedited the process for the next record. Oh, probably, yeah, 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 <laughs> sure. Yeah. But you guys, you guys are into a whole lot, a whole lot more. It seems, you know, from from the music, uh, other side from the music, and you and you, you're very good with uh, with your promotions and your, you know, you you have a, you have a very big, well, in my opinion, big presence on uh, social media and being involved with your fans. And but the, like the things that that I see you guys doing, the the the, the well, shit, there's skateboarding, there's there's um, motorcycles, the motorcycle thing. Where does this big motorcycle obsession come from? Um, I honestly don't know. It has always kind of been there. I mean, it all started with just like Vespas and stuff, you know, Yeah. Uh, uh, like scooters. And uh, we were just too young to ride a motorcycle legally. And um, so as soon as we kind of had the money, we started built, buying like really cheap Japanese bikes and turned them into choppers and made them look like Harley Davidsons and stuff. And at yeah. some point, uh, we saved so much money that we could buy the first Harley and kind of went from there. And all of a sudden, like the whole garage is full with <laughs> Harleys <laughs> and, and to the point where the company itself, Harley Davidson, got involved in the band and supports us and throws bikes at us and lets us ride them and, and customize them and stuff. So, yeah, it kind of got real at some point, like winning contests and stuff and and it would but it's it's a it's 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 a 100 percent passion thing that feels very good next to music because um it's very similar you know building a bike is kind of like writing a song it's like deciding where you want to go with it and 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 kind of trying stuff out like like jam stuff out and and so there's a lot of similarities and and it's something that we can really relate to and it just doesn't have pressure or time pressure or anything like that. It's just something that you do for yourself, and 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 there's no wrong or right, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. And and, and I got a little, um, well, I I myself don't ride motorcycles because I'm I'm just afraid of everything. But uh, right, <laughs> I love that. But uh, but I grew up in in York, Pennsylvania, which is near here, which is where we had one of the uh, main assembly plants for Harley. So. Right. So like we used, you know, our our high schools would take us. We would take field trips to the Harley plant. That was like a normal thing you do in school. Is you you go see my motorcycles be put together. So so I've always been around a lot of the uh, motorcycle culture, and uh, it's interesting. Isn't that still there? Because we were oh, invited yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were invited to go there. Yeah, I drive past it on the way to work every day. Yeah, it's a. It makes traffic a pain in the ass. I can tell you that. But other, <laughs> but a lot of people coming in and out of that one. Oh my god! Yeah, I can hear. I I, I can see, totally see that. Man, Pennsylvania was beautiful. I just remember oh, yeah. Pennsylvania now. All these pictures coming in my head right now. It was beautiful. It was the first time we've been there. Was uh, on this last tour a couple of weeks ago actually, and and really loved it. The people are real nice. I loved it. Yeah, just you, on a little side note here. Yeah, you you did uh that the British Lion tour right at, at the Community exactly. Club, exactly. um which. Uh, so, so like I said, I'm in Lancaster, which Lancaster is a really unique part because this is what they consider like the capital of the Amish people, which is their yeah. own, they're their own bizarre, you know, whatever we call it. <laughs> Got many, yeah. Yeah. Well, well uh, there's, there's the, of- yeah, the language we call here, Pennsylvania Dutch. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's different obviously, but, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they do speak German. Um, but, uh. But yeah, Pennsylvania mostly it's most of Pennsylvania is kind of just wide open. It's almost like country. Right. But then you know you got Philadelphia and Pittsburgh on the ends, and uh, you know yeah. But yeah, Lancaster was beautiful. We played. What was the place called? We played Community Club. 
Yeah, oh, Chameleon yeah. Club, exactly. And there was a really good vegan restaurant around the corner. And yeah, we had I, I have nothing but very positive and good memories about this town and about the state. No, it's a, it's a cool place. Thank you. Um, but so you, you mentioned that you well, we're talking about that tour you did with British Lion, which of course is Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. How do was that? I mean, are you guys big Iron Maiden fans? How'd you end up doing this tour? Well, this is a this is a pretty unique one, pretty cool. Yeah, um, we got personally invited by him, by Steve Harris oh, wow. himself. He wow. got into the band and uh, he got in touch with our agent, and um, it was crazy. We got the call and we immediately said yes. I'm going to be real honest with you. We're not big Iron Maiden fans. We're yeah. not against them at all. Like right. we listen to them, but not fans. Fans like like we're not. You know what I mean? Like there's literal fans out there. Yeah, and which is amazing. And and um, so we had a lot of respect for that and and for the success that he has and and the band and whatnot. But the craziest thing was that he was just so down to earth. He was just like this normal really cool british guy you know <laughs> just having a cup of tea and, and 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 enjoying life on the road it was real cool and 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 the crew was real cool and it was just a bunch of friends on tour and and yeah nothing but great memories about that tour either you know it was just really really cool nice nice well you got you guys have been you're touring basically still in support of the hands of time which now came out over uh, over a year ago right um how, and was has this been your most uh, wide-reaching album so far? Have, have this? Do you feel like this has hit the most ears? Dude, I don't even know. I honestly, <laughs> I mean, how do you calculate? This? I have no idea. These days, you know, like yeah. you, you go on Spotify or YouTube and or calculate all the people that went to all the shows. I'm, it's something that we don't even care about, to be honest. It's um, it's just what we do to keep going on to keep moving on to have a reason to tour you know we just need a reason to go out there and and celebrate it with our fans and is that's that's all we want to do you know yeah and um and and so but to be honest from day one on it was an international band and 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 you know it was the moment we didn't even have an album out or in late or label or nothing it was just cedric bixel savala of um at the drive-in and yeah. mars Volta. Uh, he got into the band at this time, and this was like, like I said, no label, no nothing, and we just, but we had songs ready, and and pretty much the whole album kind of ready, uh, the first album, Imaginary Horse, Imaginary Horse, and um, he kind of gave us an Instagram direct message where he said, hey, you guys want to play in LA, and we we're like, sure, how do we do that? He said, come over, I'm gonna make a, sh I'm gonna make something happen happen and so we went over and played a show at the Harvard and Stone that's in Hollywood and um 10 minutes before showtime freaking Eagles of Death Metal show up and they go you guys mind if we play after you guys just use your guys' <laughs> instruments we're like sure just go ahead do that and this place was already packed okay but they freaking twittered about that that they're having a secret show and a minute later this was in a packed place this thing was filled to the brim and uh and the whole parking lot was filled to the brim and everywhere were people and i guess this was just the magic night and overnight we had a label which was writing easy records at this time and uh, uh, uh in management from new york and um an international uh, uh booking agent and everything just kind of happened overnight we were booked out for two months in the states at this point like every night we played there was like three dates coming up the next day because there was people that knew people or other club owners that saw it and fell in love with it and 
So we never stopped touring ever since that, and that was like one, like two thousand thirteen or thirteen, I think. Oh, yeah, something like that. Fourteen, yeah. And so it was just kind of how all that kind of came together. That's awesome, and and a lot of, like, and, and I mean, uh, some of that's of course luck, but uh, but a lot of that obviously has to do with you know you guys. You guys are doing it, and your your live show, which I've seen, um, is is pretty impressive, especially for just two guys doing it. So I can see why you draw so many heads and, uh, and I don't know, like, you know, it's, you got, you, your whole thing's unique. Your, your sound, your, the way you play, um, the fact that it's just two of you, the, your percussion setup, the drums, I've never seen anybody play like that. Um, like (laughs) where, where did, how did you come up with just basically the concept of this? Um, I guess the main reason is that both of us had never learned to play an instrument. You know, it's just we're no, we're no pros here. You know, it's just something that comes from the heart, and the way that we express it is the way that we express it. You know, it's just, it's just a lot of visuals that we talk about before we do something. You know, uh, feelings that we want to, uh, you know, make music out of, or uh, or some visuals, some some film scene that we have in our head, or something like that sometimes inspires us to write a song. And uh, I guess this is how that all came together. At first, Philip was playing cymbals, but it just got way too expensive for us to buy cymbals because he was just <laughs> destroying them like crazy. So the drums got bigger and bigger because he was hitting hotter and hotter. Um, the way that I played, too, like, you know, I'd never learned to play an instrument. I never learned to play the guitar, so... I started using open tunings because I can't play a chord to this day. And, and, you know, all of this is just, it's just happened. You know, it was just solutions to get to where we wanted to be or where we didn't want to go. Because, you know, at, at any point where we go, let's try to make blues or let's try to make metal or let's try to do any other genre, we wouldn't even know how to do that anyway. So it's just the music that ends up on tape is just, it just came it just happened, you know, it just was there. And obviously we are inspired by all of these genres, blues, metal, hardcore, uh, 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 pop music, country music, bluegrass, and whatever's out there, jazz. I mean, all this stuff inspires us and it's stuff that we listen to in private. But as soon as we stop make, me, making music, it's never like, let's do a song that, like, let's do a metal song. It, it's never like that. It just happens. And 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 then, you know, <laughs> it's it's it is what it is. <laughs> and it, yeah, and I, I I fully understand, and it's and I think, but I think that's why it makes it so hard to define. And what, but it's but it's very cool to see to see how how you know unca- uh, can't categorize it, but it still seems to, like I said, transcend between fans of each genre. I mean, you you listed off. You listed off a bunch of genres there, which I'm a fan of. You've been into hardcore my whole life, been into heavy metal my whole right. life, you know, punk rock, yeah. blues, all these things. Um, and you guys are none of those things directly, but some kind of uh, amalgamation of a bunch of stuff. And uh, I think it's it's pretty cool. But is and and it seems like listening to your to your catalog is that it was a pretty natural evolution. Yeah, every yeah, it it, it was. And you know, another thing is. <clears throat> I, we, I love that you see it that way because obviously a lot of our fans do it the same thing. Like when you come to our shows, there's people – I mean obviously there's the bikers and then skateboarder guys and whatnot. But then you have like uh, 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 freaking cowboys right next to metalheads, right next to people that don't look like rock and roll at all. And sometimes even tell us that they would never listen to rock or anything guitar 
music ish, and, and and they just like pop people or the typical I only listen to what's on the radio yeah. people, and and it seems like everyone kind of can can agree on the picture books all of a sudden at our shows and and be peaceful together, and it's like this whole hippie thing at our shows where <laughs> everyone just kind of hugs each other out and 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 kind of agrees on us and it's it's a real cool feeling to have that you know and yeah it's it's very natural it's never something that we really think through it's always going for the gut feeling or following the heart you know and and do what feels right you know and and i guess this is the the only thing that you can do nowadays anyway i mean there's no big money in music anymore you know the industry isn't ruled by some coke sniffing guy up in a in an office, in a way too expensive office somewhere in New York, deciding what's on the radio and what's not, what not. It's back to the, it's back in the hands of art fans and, and artists that, you know, do it for love and do it for the right reason, you know? Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know if, well, I don't, I don't know who, you know, who makes those decisions of what gets played. Um, I, but I don't, you know, I don't know many people that listen to the, I feel like I don't know many people that actually go to the radio first. The radio doesn't seem to be the first step for any people, for anybody, especially when you can choose uh, what you listen to, uh, yeah. you know, at your own leisure. But so, so yeah. I want to ask you guys are on, um, you're on Century Media, which, you know, for right. me, I'm, I'm totally familiar with Century Media, or at least your last record was. Um, and but but you know for me this is kind of what we were just talking about century media for me was it was hardcore bands it was metal bands and it kind of still is predominantly that so how did yeah, there, there's there's rock and roll in there but how did how did uh, the picture books end up on century media <laughs> that's a good question right i mean i mean we're definitely a very unique band on on the roster but um i guess what what happened was we were in the situation. We were on Riding Easy Records, like I said before, yeah. uh, with Imaginary Horse, and uh, we decided with the company that it's time for us to move mm-hmm. on. And um, so we were kind of we kind of went label shopping for a while, and we had three really really good offers, and we went for the one that felt the rightest. Is that is that even a word? That that just felt good and 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 felt like the team and, and company understood what we're on about and that was Central Media. You know, they really had an idea of what they wanted to do and, and where they wanted to go with us. And um, so that was real cool, you know. At first it was another century actually and then uh, uh, now it is um, Central Media or the R chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a couple different names there. It gets a little confusing. but It know. does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so... Um, so, uh, what did I want to say? So, oh, I, I know. Just so this is this is kind of off topic of what we were, from anything we were just talking about. But we're curious right. with your perspective and with you, you know how much you guys play and how many different bands you must be around in areas of the world. Are there any bands out there right now that you feel are um, totally flying under the radar that need more shine? There is a band called Bad Flamingo. Bad Flamingo. They have like 400 followers on Instagram. They have like 300 views on YouTube on their videos, and they're so good. It's just these two chicks that look really cool. They have like masks on. Yeah, I think they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, there's a band that we just toured with in the UK. Oh, Celador Mooncrow. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're so funny and so cool. They're definitely underrated. 
I mean, there there are a bunch of bands out there that are underrated. I, I, that is true, and 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 it's crazy how what it takes for for anybody to discover them nowadays. Because it feels like there's so much out there, and there's so much, so yeah. many, yeah, like Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and whatnot. And it's like you can't even control all of that. And who does? And who can? It's it, it is crazy. So we still really believe in the old school. Play your heart out as much as possible. And, and go to towns where maybe you end up playing in front of 10 people, but those 10 peoples will come back next time and bring their friends, and then it's 20 or 30, and then at some point you sell the place out. You know, for us, that was the way that we've done it, and it worked out in a time where everyone went, you guys are crazy, you shouldn't even play live, fucking rock and roll is dead, and we kept going, and, and we're doing pretty good right now, you know, we're touring all over the world and 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 get all these amazing support slots and do festivals and 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 our own tours uh go bigger and bigger every year so we're in a really cool and lucky position to have an audience that we really uh you know um convinced that it is worth coming to our shows by playing live i mean we have people that come to our shows and they just kind of point their number up with their hands and go like seven time you know <laughs> and and it's just crazy how that how that that is happening with us you know yeah no and it, it is very cool and, and I, I didn't want to i didn't want to distract from bands that are underrated i just wanted to say no, no, no. you know nowadays how crazy that is yeah but you're making a good point and and i think the uh the way you guys take advantage of your opportunities to play and to really put it all on the line is absolutely the way the way you should do it instead of you know uh being pissed off that you're only playing to 10 people in a room uh, just play your heart out to those ten, and then maybe you guys end up what like you guys. You guys are supposed to be out there with uh, with Volbeat and Clutch right now, and that's a. I assume those are pretty big stages. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Clutch thing is still on; it might happen this year. Um, I don't even know how much we can talk about that, but um, obviously nobody really knows what is happening this year. So right. let's just see. Right. Well, so obviously you got you guys have been derailed from this tour. But you're in there. You're you're working on stuff. You're out right. riding the motorcycles. Maybe doing some skateboarding. I don't know. You guys seem you guys seem much handier than I've ever been. You're building stuff. What are you building right <laughs> now? Uh, we're building a nine. Well, it's a it's a Harley Davidson. It's in a 1947 original Harley Davidson uh, rigid frame, and it will have an a uh, shovelhead engine from 1982, and it's going to be a really really cool looking chopper. That's pretty awesome. Well, I'm glad to see you guys keeping busy. I expect nothing less. And thank you for taking the time to do this uh, interview. I, pre- I truly appreciate it. Hell yeah. Thank you so, so much for believing in the band. And this was a lot of fun. Man. All right. Thank you.
So there it is. That's my conversation with the fellas in the picture books and a couple songs from them. The one there at the end was Howl and Wolf. Um, if you hadn't previously heard of the band and I was able to introduce you to them, that's awesome. If uh, if you, you feel the need, you should go check out their uh, other material. They have a lot of records um, and they've done a lot of cool things. So uh, don't be shy. Dig in to the picture books and look for them. They obviously, uh, as I said, tour a lot. So uh, they'll be out there on the road, sure, sure enough. Sure enough? Soon enough. I'm sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to move on to the second interview on this episode. Another band from Germany. This one that's been around for 40 fucking years since uh, Heavy Metal Breakdown came out. And I think it was 1980. That would make sense, right? I don't know if Heavy Metal Breakdown itself came out, came out in 1980. But uh, that's, that's, the, that's the song that I know when I think of Gravedigger. And that's a fucking 40-year-old song, which is crazy. But So here's a story with this. Um, Gravedigger's putting out a new album, or just put out a new album, Fields of Blood. And uh, it's a cool record. It's a very traditional Gravedigger. Um, if you're not familiar, you'll be familiar. Um, and I did this interview with their singer, Chris, who was, you know, who's awesome. And we talked for a while. And then at about a half hour through the interview, I noticed on my screen, for some reason whatsoever, not sure what, it wasn't recording. Now, this thing is supposed to kick in automatically. And with everybody else, it always has. There's only been one other time where uh, the interview didn't work and I was able to re-record it with, uh, with, uh, with what's his name, Dave from the Casualties way back when. But, uh, but this is the only time where I was unaware that I wasn't recording and uh, I, I turned it on and what you hear from here is the last 10 minutes of conversation. So you missed a whole bunch from before. But because this band is what they are, I wanted to uh, at least put in a little bit of my conversation with Chris and uh, share that with you. So, uh, without further ado, here first let's do let's do Heavy Metal Breakdown by Gravedigger, and then go into my conversation with Chris.
Yeah, this cancelling is, is uh, I don't know what, what happened with other bands. Uh, I not, never spoke the last two months to, to other bands, what they do with, with video clips. But uh, I know that it was forbidden for us to do things like that here in Germany. And uh, everybody was afraid at the beginning because when we would like to do the video, it was uh, the very first phase of Corona here in Germany and everybody was afraid and uh, yeah, it, it was a scary situation. Now, nowadays it's a little bit easier. I, I would do it today, but now it's everything yeah. is finished because uh, we have this video now out and uh, I don't think that we have now three videos out and I don't think that we do it in a, a fourth one, you know. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But I think, I mean, I don't know how it is over there for you guys, but at least over here things have started to relax a little bit. Um, though not not completely, but you know we're still still a little on edge. But um, how what is, has has this uh, coronavirus thing derailed anything else for uh, for Gravedigger at this point? Yeah, for sure, because we have to cancel all the festivals in the summertime, or the cancel uh, the the festivals were canceled. Yeah, and uh, everything is moved to uh, 2021. Pray to God it will happen then. Yeah, do, do, do you guys have have a tour in what October? Is that still happening as of now? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, for me, I don't think so because uh, you have to. As long as the virus is still alive, you know. Yeah. You need this protection. But uh, I have no idea how things can work out. Uh, have you read our statement we did? Uh, Yesterday on, on on Facebook, where we sh- where we said we don't want to s- want to play in drive-in cinemas, you know. Or no, I didn't see that, but but I, I I admire that because I think that's a cheapening what you do. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bands starting now here playing in uh, drive-in cinemas or doing the streaming shows. But for me, it's heavy metal is. Uh, I want to breathe the, the the air from from the fans and smell the sweat. And uh, yes, sing along with with the fans, and not uh, playing in front of 300 cars, you know. Yeah, how? Yeah, that that I can't imagine the, the lack of energy to playing to to cars, you know. Yes, there's nothing. There's no personality <laughs> in, in this kind of show, you know. Or also yeah. the streaming shows, you know. We do a streaming show in an empty hall, <laughs> and I, and. To know that people sitting in front of their computers drinking beer but not not screaming at us, that's I think it's all shit. We wait <laughs> till we get back the freedom to do a real live shows and then we start again. Until then, I think we release a new record every year. We, we need the time to fulfill yeah. because uh, we have time. We are excellent. We are really creative guys. We have a really new creative drummer since two years. He's also a keyboard player, Marcus, and uh, yeah, I think uh, there's enough potential. Enough potential we have to do a record every year. Wow, that's pretty ambitious. But but being that you guys, I mean, are averaging one every two years over your career anyway, then that's I think that's that's pretty manageable. Yeah, when you, when you remember in the eighties, it was uh, all the bands used to uh, release record once a year. Yeah. I don't know why we have now the, the, the big breaks. Uh, sometimes some bands need five, six years to release a good record, you know. 
or a shitty record. <laughs> that's, that's when it's even worse, when it's shit, yeah. Yeah, but uh, we never had this, okay, to release a record every year could be a little bit too much for the press. I don't think that it's too much for the fans. Um, but if the record is cool and it's powerful and it's uh, it's uh, it makes sense to re to release it, why not? Yeah, I, no, I agree with you completely. And uh, I I think there is there is a lot of music that comes out now, and I I you know, sometimes I think it's an issue, but not if you're not if it's one band releasing album because if you're a fan of that band you're going to be there for each thing it's when there's a whole but you know yeah that's 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 my opinion on that but i i think you're right and i like i like the way you're looking at it um i think i think we will prepare a new record from next month on and writing songs and uh, if all the, the the shows in canceled perhaps next summer we will release a new record <laughs> <laughs> there you go and you'll have plenty to tour on by then you have, <laughs> you have plenty of material yeah. Um, so, so I so I, I ask this question um, pretty pretty regularly, but I'm always interested in the answer. Um, for a band like your size, and I see the crowds you play of, play in front of over there in Europe, and um, I don't know how often you come over to the states, um, but what what how what, what's been the the biggest difference between playing in front of a crowd um, in in Europe and over here in the states? There are not so big differences. I think uh, the main difference are uh, here in Europe is from the middle to the to the south. You know, uh, Spain, Italy, Greece—they are really crazy fans. And if you go to South America, it's, it's different too. Yeah. And, uh, uh, when we play Canada and the U.S. together with Blind Guardian, we made a lot of good experiences with the fans over there. And uh, I think. Uh, The people over there are really also enthusiastic. It depends from city to city. New York or San Francisco, uh, the, 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 the fans are more calm, you know, yeah. looking and perhaps judging about the band in the head. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, if you, if you move to, to Houston or Dallas, uh, people are going crazy there, you know, and, uh, It depends also. Canada, Quebec or, or Vancouver, people are also very enthusiastic. And it's so different for a musician if you play so many different places in the world. And now you know more or less in which uh, kind of uh, fan category, you know, uh, you're coming in when you play perhaps in Moscow. People are get crazy there. Or you go to St. Petersburg in Russia, people hanging around, looking, not really singing or yelling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you go to Spain, uh, like Barcelona or Madrid, and people went crazy. Or Greece, Greece is totally crazy, you know. Or Sao Paulo in Brazil. That is yes. uh, really funny. Yes, I've I've always heard I've always heard about Sao Paulo. I always hear that that's that's the place to go, but I, I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, but but also over the years there's also development, you know. When we played the first shows in in, uh, in the year 2003 and four, I think in in Brazil, people were much more enthusiastic because there are no not so many bands played there at this time. Nowadays you can see not in the Corona crisis, but nowadays <laughs> you can see in Sao Paulo. Three bands uh, in one evening, you know. 
day yeah. by day. So many bands touring there. Yeah, you, well, you, so you, you've been doing this for as long as you have. You've been able to experience the change and all, and all of that. Um, so I know this is a really kind of a broad thing to ask, but what do you, or maybe not, do you, do you have a, from what you've seen in all of your experience, especially with Grave, with Gravedigger, do you have a favorite moment of being in this band? Yeah, for sure. It was uh, 2010 when we celebrated the 30th anniversary, 10 years ago exactly. Yeah. Uh, we played this uh, huge fucking show together with Bagpipers, and we played the complete Tunes of War album there. That was an amazing uh, experience and one of my best in my life. That's pretty cool that, that that's your favorite moment is 30 years into a, into a band. Because uh, like I said, and I keep saying, most people don't even get there. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, with 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 uh, Fields of Blood, what are you most looking forward to with the release of this? Now that the, there's certain things off the table where you're probably not going to get to play live, um, what what when you is it just getting this album in hand? Is it people finally he- hearing it? What what are you looking most looking forward to? I think we're doing a lot of promotion here via internet. Yeah, making interviews with print press or radios and. That is the only chance now to get the people to the record, you know. Yeah. And uh, we hope that everybody can discover it by this way. And, yeah, we have to wait. Perhaps, I don't know. Uh, we got an offer to play Mexico in, in November, and our uh, booking agent uh, told us that uh, the restrictions there are not so hard like here in Europe. But who knows, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's hard to say, you know, with, but yeah. what the future holds. Nobody knows. Uh, if, if there is a second wave or a third wave, how many people will die? Uh, if you if you are interested in this case, you can take so many different informations. Everybody told something different, you know. And at the end, you can't, uh, yeah, can't believe what, how many different op- opinions you have in your mind yeah and uh, we will see I, uh, as, as I told you before we will use this free time to create an, another record we already start thinking about and uh, yeah I think we will be prepared for well, hard time <laughs> I I believe you because it sounds like you've 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 already you're already thinking ahead and that's pretty that's pretty cool man I, I and I guess that's how you that's how you end up here for so long doing Gravedigger, and uh, you got you got a huge discography, you got a lot to be proud of, and Fields of Blood is another is another notch on that, and uh, um, I, I'm excited for other people to hear it. I like this record. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. Uh, I really do appreciate it, and uh, I don't want to hold you up much longer, um, so I'm gonna let you go, uh, Chris. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, have a good one. You too, and stay healthy, my friend. Yeah, I enjoy will. your day. Yep. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
So there you go. That was the abbreviated conversation I had with Chris of Gravedigger. If you hadn't heard uh, Fields of Blood yet, please go check out that band. Not many bands, especially in heavy music, that have been around for 40 years. That's a long fucking time. <laughs> I don't mean to fixate on it, but that's a long time. That's older than me. All right, that band's been a bit around longer than I've been alive, and uh, I think that's probably the same for a lot of you. Um, but that's 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 been, there's been a lot in this episode, so I think uh, I think I could hang it up, right? I think uh, there's been enough content for those who want content, and uh, that's that's what I did this week. All right, so uh, this week again, check out the picture books, check out Gravedigger, and uh, check out some new stuff. I want you to check out this last song that I'm going to play from this band. It's Portland noise rock band called. It's either Ills or Isles. It's ILS. I don't know how, how they how they want me to say it, but uh, <laughs> but they're a cool band. Um, this is going to be the song called Bad Parts. I'm going to play here in a second. But first, I want to tell you to go to the Getting It Out Instagram page at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. Go to the Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash getting it out podcast. There is the Twitter at getting it out pod. And uh, please rate and review. Only takes a second. And means a lot to me if you can just click five stars and write a nice couple sentences about why you love listening to this stupid fucking podcast. Uh, that'd be cool. Um, so anyway, like I said, this is this is a this is a song from a four piece out of Portland, Oregon. It's called uh, what did I say? Bad parts, bad parts, and it's off of Curse coming out on Pogo Records. Uh, check it out. I think you're gonna like it. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 